0: Welcome to Missionary Roundtable with your host, Kale Horvath. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Missionary. Roundtable, the podcast all about the Great Commission and international missions. My name is Kale Horvath. I'm a pastor and missionary to the country of Hungary. And this is a special episode because it is the season finale of season three of Missionary Roundtable podcast. I'm so glad that you guys joined. If you've never listened to another episode, hey, go back and listen to some other ones. Um, But this is definitely a special one. It's a little bit longer than some of the others. Um, Had a great conversation with a a close friend of mine that I'm excited for you guys to hear. Uh, On this episode, we're talking to Pastor Matt Brocker, who's a church planner in the United States. Um, not on the international field. Matt and I um, grew up in, well, he's older than I, you'll see that, but he, we grew up in our training and our ministry together, served on staff at First Baptist Church in New Philly, Ohio together, and were both sent out the same month, in fact, December of 2020. I was sent to Budapest, Hungary, and he was sent to Columbus, Ohio, only a couple hours away. Um, so a lot of similarities, a lot of differences. And, uh, and we just have a chat about his story and how God used and prepared him, but then also some, uh, we, we got to compare and contrast some of the similarities and differences of uh, moving away to do a church planning work um, in, on the international field versus um, the, doing it in the U.S. And so I think it's going to be really encouraging and edifying to you, especially if you aspire to be a church planner someday. Regardless of if it's in America or on the foreign field, and so I think you're gonna like it. So have a listen, and I hope you enjoy. All right, Matt. So good to catch up with you again, man. It's been a we 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 try to have a Zoom call and catch up every couple months or so, see how each other's doing. Um, good to talk to you again, man. Thanks for taking time. I know you're busy.
1: Yeah, man. It's it's a privilege to to be a part of this. I know I've been encouraged in the past. Um, listening, so you know I'm humbled to to be asked to be a part of it. I'm glad to to be an encouragement to anybody if if possible, um, and I'm excited to be here. I always look forward to catching up with you. So if if this serves
0: that purpose alone, same, um, I'm happy, happy to be a part. So yeah, absolutely, man. And and I thought this would be a good episode for this season because usually. Uh, we're talking about international missions, but I always intro the podcast by saying like, this is a podcast all about the great commission and international missions. But, but of course, if, if we're just looking at acts one, eight model, um, I know a lot of churches might use acts one, eight as a model for like mission support, like financially, which, which is, which is fine. Um, but, but really if we're looking at it as just a model of an individual local body reaching the world, um, you know Jerusalem Judea Samaria the uttermost and we both come from New Philly First Baptist right. Church so I mean New Philly is our Jerusalem you could say Ohio is like our Samaria the whole US could be our uh, our Samaria sorry I miss Judea Ohio could be like our Judea Samaria could be like our country and then and then obviously the uttermost and so um right. it, and so our church is trying its best to reach the whole world from little old New Philly Ohio and so um you and I Uh, I don't want to say grew up together because you're about 10 years older than me, Uh, but we did. Like, I grew up in this church since I was born. You came and got saved when you were a college student. Um, I don't want to tell your whole story, but basically we were trained in in our church, and then we we served together, served on staff together, uh, were ordained together, got sent out really similar times. But I went to another country, and you went down uh, I-70 a couple hours to Columbus. And so— Very similar training stories anyway, not maybe not salvation stories, very similar training stories, very different missions that we were sent to yet also very similar. So I would love to talk to you about um, stateside church planning and maybe we can compare and contrast because you've been there at your cho- at your church, Northside Baptist in Columbus um, for about as long as I've been here in Hungary, I think. Right. Give or take a few months.
1: Yeah, we, we left uh, New Philly on it was two days after Christmas. <laughs> it was <laughs> okay. December twenty-seven. So a couple of weeks uh, after we went to Hungary. Yeah, a couple we of went weeks, December. 10th. Yeah. Wow.
0: yeah, so yeah, we, so we virtually the, the same amount of
1: time. Brand new in, in 2021. So we've been going for about a year and a half here.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, so I think we can like compare and contrast a lot of things um yeah. between stateside church planning. And in international missions, but also just like some of the behind the scenes stuff of emotions and feelings and leaving home, uh, some of that kind of stuff. But before we get into that, do you want to share just a little bit about um, your testimony, how you got saved, ended up at FBC? And then um, I I think it's a cool story. Like, this doesn't have to be a super detailed story, but just how you went from being just a normal guy who was serving in church faithful guy engineer all my friends in new Philly are engineers i don't know why every single guy <laughs> i'm surrounded by i'm the creative they're all engineers yeah. uh yeah <laughs> learn a, a cool lot kid. from them it's, it's well, good to have a lot of friends as engineers if you're a creative because you get to learn a lot um right. but how do you go from that guy to then being a pastor on staff at the church you were saved at to then being sent out to plant a church in columbus
1: yeah. I mean, that's, that's great. You want me to start with
0: Salvation testimony? Yeah. Or yeah. I want you to tell, it, cause you were a college guy when you got saved, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, go uh, I was working, working at a, a local grocery store. It's called Bueller's. There's only a, a few shout of them around, um, but yeah, I was, I was the uh, dairy and frozen guy. So I just worked back there by myself most of the time, but I, there was some other, other friends that, that worked there as well that would that were my age, they kept inviting me to, to church. I had grown up in a charismatic church and, you know, a lot of messed up doctrine there. Uh, wasn't saved, didn't fully understand or never had, had made that uh, decision uh, completely to, to where I understood what it meant and experienced that from that point on, you know, life was different. It was still just, you know, it was just selfish every single time. Uh, that I would ask the Lord to save me, but it, it it just was, it was, it just was missing the substance of, you know, an actual surrender and a, a mm. tr- transition. Uh, so anyways, I, I had made some friends at work. They kept inviting me to stuff. I kept, you know, kind of blowing them off saying, you know, I've got a church, but I didn't go. It was just my excuse for them to not talk to me about <laughs> yeah, of <course>. you know, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and so it was just to, you know, it was just that thing, just kind of riding through life, doing my thing, completely selfish, completely empty. And, and finally they, they talked me into coming to a couple of events uh, that the the singles group was doing. And I would go, they'd share the gospel. And I was like, man, that sounds, sounds like what I've heard. And, but I would just It wasn't kind of, foreign well, to
0: you, the, the church world. No, church no, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. The, so the, uh, you know, I knew a lot of the church stories. I knew a lot of Bible stories. I knew a lot of uh, I, I would say the church that I grew up in had a legitimate presentation of the gospel. It was mm-hmm. ju- it just had all these weird strings attached. Gotcha. Uh, uh, and and so they wouldn't have had a requirement of signs as proof and all of that kind of thing. But they also tied a whole lot of things to it. And then the the lack of eternal security was just nothing but confusion. And so no one could tell you what you would lose your salvation for. You just were convinced you constantly yeah, you lost. Just
0: have a- a constant fear of losing it for everything.
1: Yeah, so living that way, you know, it, it, it's possible that I got saved as a kid, but there was never any growth.
0: Hmm.
2: There,
1: there was never growth whatsoever. So, you know, generally when I te- share my testimony, I would I would just share, when I came to FBC the first few times, I was so convicted uh, I didn't. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I, I. The first time I came was a Christmas uh, service, and I just convinced myself that, that it was just all of the production that they put into the service. They did a good job of. Mm. And I hate sales, so don't try to sell me. You know, like I was that. Did that Frank guy. sing
0: Mary? Did you know back then?
1: Oh, absolutely. Nice. Of course. Man, those were the I mean, they even had a, a full on play, dude, where yeah. the guy was hanging on the cross. How and old stuff were you for, back then? I would have been twenty, twenty one. Okay. Uh, okay. So I've been there. I just been 23 yeah, years ago. Kid.
0: That's cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it was uh I I was just so convicted that I didn't go back for a while.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but I would go to some of the events and and whatever and and finally, you know, I I went back a few times in the spring. Um I believe it was uh I can't even remember 99 2000 something like that and and uh Pastor Mark Trotter was was uh, going through a communion service, and I was so convicted, and I had been faking it for so long that that finally, you know, during that service, I, I just gave up. I surrendered. Bro, I, I was empty. I was trying it was to. Was in two thousand
0: one, was it? It might, no, it wasn't two thousand one. Because okay, two thousand one in a communion service that Mark preached at our church was when I got saved. So that yeah, that right, would very be crazy if it was this. I mean, I was ten. What seat, but, what seat was it? Yeah, well, it was yeah, Which it was view? close to the front. Yeah, in the yeah, middle. Same.
1: <laughs> I just I remember you know standing there with my friends and you know one the guy and his mom was right next to us and I just remember sitting down and and just surrendering. Wow. Giving up finally. Like I know that cars don't fill the void i know that the job doesn't fill the void i know that girls you know like all of these things that i was pursuing only made me feel worse and so i finally just said i'm I'm tired of faking it i'm tired of pretending i'm tired of you know all of that and so i just just a normal guy had my engineering job already um and just gave up and so it was it was in that service that that i got saved and you know i almost immediately realized how much money I was throwing away and cars and just stupid things. And so I, I just started changing, making decisions to, um, be a better steward of what God had given me. And I, I didn't have a clue. I wasn't even yet being discipled necessarily. And so as that started coming on, it was just like, Oh, you know, one thing after another, after another, that the Lord was saying, okay, well your life doesn't really line up here. What are you going to do about it? And so none of this, none of this was or is a pat on my back that I'm just such this, you know, wonderful Christian. It's, it's, it's interesting how we as Christians want to take credit for surrender. Like
0: Hmm.
1: that's not a thing you get to take credit for. (laughs) You, you gave up, you stopped. And it's actually what you're
0: supposed to do. Right.
1: (laughs) But because it's what we're supposed to do, we tend to want to pat ourselves on the back or find somebody else that's really good at it and say, man, you're the most humble guy I know. And and they say, yeah, I know. Aren't I I amazing? (laughs) So it's, it's, it's weird because it comes across as like this false humility, but Mm -hmm. that was what God was doing in my life. Initially. It was just one thing after another, after another, this doesn't line up, Matt, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do the same. The next step.
0: What's, what's my next step of growing Yes, in the Lord. So, That
1: progressed, you know, I met Jenny, my wife there, we got married, we had kids, we served whatever, whatever needed done. We served in children's ministry for about nine and a half years. Um, at first it was like first grade through fifth grade. And then we split that up because it was chaos. (laughs) So then- Eventually, we were first, second, and third grade.
0: Well, there's uh, there's crowns heard. in heaven for you, man, doing a decade of church ministry. <laughs> good, praise God. <laughs> it, it,
1: it was some tough sledding sure. uh, at time, but and it was at good. a tough
0: point in our church's history too. It wasn't sure, and I, I we don't really have time for that full story, but it was during a, a transition between right. senior pastors and just not an easy time for any church.
1: Right. Yeah, and so we just we just kind of stuck that out and and. uh started having kids. I, I would say going back to that time that I wasn't walking very close with the Lord for a time. It wasn't, wasn't like there was, you know, deep immoral sin and problems and, and corruption. It was just, it just gotten to a place where life was so busy and parenting was busy mm-hmm. and my job. And, and, and so those are those are not good excuses, but they were the reasons to where I, why I was so distracted, or, or just going through the motions. I yeah, guess, you get in like way.
0: a rut, like work, yeah. family, church, and and wash, rinse, repeat, and then you find right. yourself not feeling uh, spiritually fulfilled, not even fulfilled, but like like you said, not feeling like you're you're just going through the motions.
1: Right, right, and so then you know, uh, my son Weston will be eleven this summer. And it was the summer leading into him being born. Um, and and he was he was coming along. I've I've got two girls at that point. And there was just something God did in my heart and and just kind of sort of asking me, Hey man, what are you what are you gonna do to lead your son? Hmm. What are you gonna do to show him how to be a man? What do you you know like? Yeah. I could excuse and say, "Well, Jenny's a great mom and a great <laughs> wife and a great woman. The girls yeah. are going to be." They'll okay. be great. They'll be great. I'm not going anywhere, you know, whatever. I'm not a deadbeat dad. Yeah, yeah. But that's the God standard really, for raising good girls, by the way. This is not leaving It's a dead. Well, yeah, no, I'm you just know my bad My dad, my <laughs> right. dad I never knew him. Right, right. Yeah.
0: So that I mean that was the role model you had in your life. I was a stellar example
1: compared to what I had. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) sure. It's it's pretty lame, I get it. But like God really used the fact that I was about to have a son to to get a hold Mm -hmm. of my heart and ask me why, when I first started walking with him, was there this consistent pattern of things he would confront me with and I would let go of. Mm -hmm. And now somehow my life consisted of everything that I was holding on to. Mm -hmm. And and that's that, I mean, maybe the best way that I can, you know, so it's like that...
0: th- the growth was steady for a long time, and then maybe just plateaued or got stagnant. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. With the busyness of life.
1: Yeah, and so again, it wasn't it. It, it wasn't a, you know a bunch of sin. I was a sinner, and I'm sure I was sinning. Yeah, yeah of course. Like, I'm not denying that, but like it wasn't that I was like off. Doing something terrible. It was just that I wasn't walking consistently with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I wasn't allowing His Word to confront me. I wasn't even getting into the Word consistently.
2: Gotcha.
1: Um, and so it was just, just going through the motions. And and when Jeff came along and he started establishing things and leadership opportunities and growth and training, uh, that was like the same time you were in the first year of MTT. I ended up signing up for the second year.
0: Okay.
1: I was watching from a distance and realizing, man. I'm going through the motions and I'm some sort of quote unquote leader in the church <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and it's just not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so God's using these different things in my life to ask me questions uh, as, as I believe he tends to do. And I'm, I'm a guy who I just need blunt, very honest, hard questions and, and I'm fine with it. It's just information. So this is an engineering benefit. You can ask me questions that should offend me. And I don't care. It's it's fine. Nice. Just ask the questions. I need to assess that information, whether you're right or wrong or opinionated or not. There's probably some truth in it. So <laughs> I want to at least hear it.
0: That's all.
1: And so this That's is awesome. the way I hear God. <laughs> Maybe this is why, you know, people do or don't appreciate how I talk about things. But God was just asking me, why, why now are you hanging on to everything when you used to consistently just lay it down and so that was that was heading into that summer and i was late to sign up for mtt i had called the office and said hey i know it's late i know i missed the deadline is there any chance i can get in and you know jeff thankfully he let me in it was mm-hmm. great
0: but i got it which, in which there. is our church's two-year uh Minis- ministry, yes, ministry training training
2: mm-hmm. yeah which, yeah, which is so- a
0: predecessor to bible institute yeah Yep. After personal discipleship, before yep. Bible study.
1: Yep. So when I got in there, there were a few things early on that, that just showed me that the tone of what we were doing in that class was to be taken serious. Mm. And that's exactly I agree. what I did. I agree,
0: did. yeah, the first exactly time. Exactly what I did,
1: yeah. And so when I started to take the investment in myself serious that Jeff was providing and some other guys, mm. and I, I, I really started to feel a few things that I hadn't felt in a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Some of that being, you know, when I first got saved, I, I felt early on that God had a different plan for me than engineering. But, you know, it took, I, I was an engineer for 17 years. Wow. <laughs> so it wasn't a quick path. It wasn't the overnight thing. And, and, and in the middle of that was some of this, um, you know, time of just going through life and, and doing things. And um, and so then God brings MTT and Jeff and all of these things into my life. And and I start really putting, you know, effort and, and energy into it. And I start feeling again like, I wonder why I'm still an engineer.
2: Hmm.
1: I think I think God has more for me. So this is one thing when you were mentioning how similar our paths were, I, I think it's interesting. When I listened to your story and you knew from an early age youth ministry, man, I'm going mm-hmm. towards that. You've got a trajectory, you've got a target. At least a goal yeah. to shoot for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then early in that process, even, oh, I think God's calling us to missions. And so now you've got another goal and you mm-hmm. are you're working your way through that. Me, man, I'm I'm just happy to be around <laughs> and get along.
0: So long for the ride, man.
1: And, and and I want to do what God wants me to do. It's just never been clear and in front of me. Mm. And so it's, it, it has always kind of been that God would bring something to me and say, hey, well, I want to deal with this. Okay. okay, here's an opportunity. I want you to do this. There's no reason for you to say no to this. You might as well say yes to it. Go ahead and do it. You know, it's this been that a, kind of There's a theme process.
0: in your life of just always here's the next step. Maybe not kind necessarily of. a vision for 10 years down the road, but like God presents the next step. You know, it's like walking, it's yeah. walking by faith. You know, he gives us his right. word as a lamp under our feet, reveal the yeah, next so. couple of feet and steps, not necessarily <laughs> the next couple of miles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and you may look at,
1: you know, an engineer type person and, and say, well, that, that's kind of surprising. I would think you would have a five-year, a 10-year, five whatever plan. But where the engineering comes into play is this, is this is facts and you've already presented true things to me. And so I'm going to stick with the truth. Mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. God has presented it and is true, then I need, I need to consider that.
0: Gotcha. So
1: I don't have the, the, the long term plan, but I, I can, I can come back to the stuff that God's already established and say, okay, well, I need these principles in the next thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I need
1: these mm-hmm. principles in the next you know thing. What, though,
0: so it, it's interesting. It's, it's like, not a thing to where
1: I have to get emotional and, and work through anything. He already
0: right. said what he said. So because you're a super logical, uh, engineering minded guy. <laughs> okay. and I know not all engineers are created equally, but that, that does seem to be a, almost a, a personality trait, um, or a yeah, What came first? A, a kind of brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like all, so you were engineer for seventeen years, and mm-hmm. uh, and God slowly, you're taking the next step when God reveals it. But God slowly working in you. You didn't ever make an abrupt decision. It's just interesting to me because I have so many friends. I mean, I could rattle their names off right now. But like you know, the guys I'm talking about, guys on right. staff at FBC, guys not on staff. All of these guys, my friends, all different ages. And most of them, I don't know if it's an engineer thing or if it's just the engineers I know, they don't make decisions quickly. They, they <laughs> take time. I'll just throw out Nick Roth as the prime yep. example of like, but Thanks. even yeah. Jeff, I learned a big thing from him in ministry because Jeff was an engineer long before he was a pastor. He One thing I learned from him is not to not to react too quickly in ministry when something right. good or bad happens, like just let, let it play out. And, and have patience, seek the Lord, and just see in a lot of things, time will answer a lot of questions. Right. And so, but like, you know, I, I don't know if it's an engineer thing or if it's just all the guys that I know. It's like, uh, okay, I see these, I see this set of data or numbers or facts. Now, let's sure. just like think about them, assess them, analyze them, and then we will make a decision. But it doesn't, like, I feel like I just, I'll see something and I'll be like, okay, let's do it. Let, right now, we got to go. Which yeah. can be good, but a lot of times isn't good. Um, did, did did was that part of your personality in this gradual shift towards uh, doing ministry, or or was it just the way that God revealed it to you?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I'm so I I think some of it's personality. I think some of it's conditioning. I, I was mentioning, you know, what came first, the the engineer or the engineering. Career, like, or, or, <laughs> right, was I engineering minded, and that's why I found that career, or yeah, did it yeah. kind of condition me to think differently? Gotcha. Uh, because I, I really do, and I see this in my son a little bit too. Like, <laughs> um, it's not the Matrix, but like you're seeing patterns in everything. <laughs> when I study yeah. the word. I'm, I'm looking for patterns. I'm, right. You know when I'm. Uh, when I'm reacting to something, I'm going to re- react based on patterns. I don't overreact once one thing bad happens. Ten, I try not to um, because I don't, I have a series of one. I don't know if it's a pattern. I don't know if there's a problem. I don't know if, if we need to change anything because it only happened once. There's not so enough data
0: a, to establish yeah. a consistent pattern. So once pattern. I have
1: something, <laughs> yeah, something happen concurrently, you know, repeated over time, then it's like, okay, well, we should be learning from this.
2: Interesting. There should be Interesting. something changed
1: or this is a good thing. Let's keep doing what we're doing. That's, that's been successful. And so that can be, there's definitely drawbacks to that. It is a slow, <laughs> slow process. Um, but I think God has genuinely used that in, in what I'm a part of right now, because well, when you're building people, God can do anything as fast as he wants to. We we generally kind of think of God as really slow and really patient. Well, the reason he's really slow and really patient is because he's using us. (laughs) And we're really slow to change. We're really slow to grasp things. We're really slow. Like when when you're when you have an entire church of different personalities and experiences and all of the things that you know I'm I'm seeking to lead right now, man, I can communicate like an engineer and a few people in the body get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's other people that need more repetition.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: there's other people that need me to be by their side so that they can understand that I care so that they can hear what I say. Like it's, it's so different when you're talking about an entire body, when it's just me and my buddies, you just be, well, we can be on whatever pace we wanna be on. Mm-hmm but the body is it's a slow process mm-hmm. to to make advancements and and for people to get a vision and a lot of repetition and and I used to think I don't I don't think I can repeat myself that much. I don't think I can be a pastor because I get irritated when I have to repeat myself. You
0: know, and then you whatever. became a dad. Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then God says, like, like, Oh it's yeah, like, I can say the same like thing hundred it's, times. It's, it's,
2: <laughs> not,
1: it's not that bad. It's like this, but different. Turn the um, light so off know, if you're not that. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, uh, but that's kind of how my, my mind yeah. processes things. And, and God has used me or or he's used events in my life because he knows how my mind is messed up or however it works (laughs) if it works he knows how to communicate to me um and and it's it's been something that i think has has been a big help as things aren't necessarily taking shape or taking form that i would hope they had Mm -hmm. by this point um in in a year and a half you know um so i i think it's been interesting just to kind of watch what's going on. I may feel rushed to do something, but God keeps reminding me, "Hey, I'm I'm doing something else. You don't need that yet. You're sure, not even ready for that. Sure, uh, sure. Maybe a good example would be we've been looking for a building since we got down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been renting a space. We're meeting on Sunday evenings. It's been great. And uh, your church
0: we, has been official. I mean, you did your charter membership service what about a year ago?
1: Yeah, it was, it was, it was Valentine's day, February 14th, 2021. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's it's our initial over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I figured Mm -hmm. we'd still take that that holiday and give it some real meaning. (laughs) Um, It was, it was a fun, fun time. So yeah, we've been, uh, we've been pushing along pretty much at the same place. Like when, when it was a Bible study before it was a church, Mm -hmm. we we met at a few different places, but we've been at the same building renting from another church uh, for th- that entire time, and so I felt the pressure right away. Man, we got to find our own place.
2: Sure, I keep
1: sure. hearing, you know, the numbers will increase. This will increase. We'll have, you know, all we'll have more and more and more and more and more. Isn't that my responsibility as the pastor to provide the best scenario and the best mm-hmm. place so that we can have as many people and make as big of an impact? And all of this stuff is is just things you're feeling um, as you go and, and we're, we're going through the gospel of Mark and we get to the Mark chapter four and I'm studying, it's the parable of the sower and there's a soil that's shallow and the plants grow really fast there. Mm-hmm. But there's no connection to the source of life. There's no yeah, roots. There's no root. And the very thing in, in connection with that water that's supposed to help a plant grow is what fries it. Mm. And that's the sun scorched that plant, and and so as I'm studying, God is just saying to me, "Hey, Matt, just why don't you slow down?" Yeah, because I need to I need to make sure that north side is growing roots right mm-hmm. now. And so Dude, I was. That's that's at, at one point, really
0: yeah. really hard thing to learn is the because we're it's funny <laughs> because we're we're on completely different sides of the world, but it's the same thing here. I obviously we have to learn a language on top of it, but the foundational yeah. part of ministry you have to go slow because you're building men. Like even if you're building a real building, I, I think I talked about this with Jeff a little bit on the episode we did with him, where, when we were building the next gen center, it took forever yeah. to get started because they're testing the ground and the dirt and, and pouring the footers. And it took forever to get the foundation poured. But then when it was done, the, the building flew up fast after that, but you, you got to take time to get that foundation, right? Even if people or even if you feel pressure from outside sources to rush it. Um, yeah. and that can be from people telling it, or even f- from my experience, just seeing other ministries or other people and be like, man, should we be moving faster? You know? And it's, yeah. you just, you have to like trust what you right. feel God is telling you as the man of God right. in the area that he's placed you in.
1: So I, I can totally relate, man. Yeah. And, and Jeff and I would have talked, Jeff and Troy and I, we would have talked about, I mean, this thing's gaining momentum. I don't know anything about surfing, but I think you're supposed to be on the front of the wave to, <laughs> to keep riding that thing. Sure. So there's, there's a momentum. There's, and that's fair. You need to be in the right position. You need to be ahead of things. You need to be, you know, all of these things. So I'm feeling this pressure naturally. Well, this is part of that, mm-hmm. but it actually wasn't. God's, God's showing me differently. I'm building, I'm, I'm growing roots here. And if you guys aren't even healthy enough to handle more people, Why don't don't you just let me grow the people you have? You just keep repeating yourself. You keep sticking with the stuff and let me grow them. And then when it's time, we'll get you a building. We'll get you a spot. We'll get you a Sunday morning, whatever, you know, fill in the blanks. And honestly, like I look back when we first started, we were looking at spaces, probably a third of the size of the amount of people we have right now. Like we would have put a ceiling on our growth so early that we wouldn't have been able to handle Hmm. who were who you would have had, had we a
0: place but it would have instantly been yeah we would have uh,
1: been in two and three services immediately wow. and and so the other aspect is okay if you don't have mature stable believers what what's your children's ministry going to look like how many of yeah. those people that are going to come in to visit are ever going to come back
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: because you you may preach the truth from the pulpit but
2: when Nobody the else
1: get. there does. Yet. Yeah. The, the church isn't preaching the truth yet. Mm. The church hasn't gotten, you know, and, and this is not an indictment on anybody that's a part of our church and it may come across very maybe self-centered. I, I'm not trying to say that, you know, anybody's not there, but it's, it's a slower process than I even imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gotten some different people from different churches because of COVID shutdowns. We've got a lot of people that know a lot of Bible, know a lot of church and have been in that for a long time. But they don't or haven't until, you know, recently starting to see some steps take place to where, okay, now it looks like, now it looks like some people are catching the vision.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been a year and a half, and, and, we're, and we're just starting to catch the vision. So if it would have been a traditional church plant, I would have come down here. We would have tried to win a few people to Christ, mm-hmm. and it would take a, a long time to Even know, win longer. some, yeah, train yeah, yeah. them, win mm-hmm. some more, train them, win some more. Well, what we started with was a, a group of people that knew a lot of Bible, but the vision wasn't in place. And the vision wasn't necessarily even bought into. And, and it's beginning to get to that place to where it's, it's, it's getting exciting. Oh, and it's probably gonna take just as long.
2: <laughs> mm. Mm. It's,
1: it's just a different yeah. approach. And so you're, you're dealing with perspectives of, of church and what ministry really is, you know, biblically. Mm-hmm. versus what everybody believes it is because they've had certain experiences. Yeah. So And it wasn't necessarily your strategy.
0: Flowed. I mean, it's not like you're like, this is the way we're gonna start our church. Because because I, I feel like that is a lot of guys who decide that or feel called to be church planners. I should say it that way. I'm not trying to dog anyone, um, stateside mm-hmm. church planners, they they will decide or feel that calling before they there's any opportunities presented to them possibly. Right. And so then they develop a strategy or a philosophy or they get trained or whatever. And then they go out ready to do that. Whereas yours was a little bit different because of your personality, because God, how God has brought you along. The, the opportunity showed itself before God revealed the man who was going to go do it. Um, right. And so that makes some things unique, but I also think um, is potentially the better way if, if God reveals where he's working and then we just join him or, or then we, or the church as a body then asks God, okay, who's the man to do this? Um, do you want to go back into that a little bit? So, so eventually you, you came on stat. I mean, okay, we'll fast forward a little bit. That's a cool story too, but I'll summarize for you because I I know this story (laughs) a little bit. It was really neat. Um, how Matt's just plugging along, being faithful training, taking the next step. And then, uh, Jeff wanted to hire another guy on staff and uh, he asked Matt to have uh, coffee or lunch or something. And Matt <laughs> thinks that Jeff's going to ask him what his opinion is and who he thinks he should hire Matt and his uh, uh, either his humility or his uh, uh, engineering naivety. I don't know, but I, um,
1: yeah, <laughs> clueless. I was clueless. You can go with that.
0: <laughs> but then Jeff is like, "No, nah, man, I think maybe you're the guy." And um, yeah, what, why don't you talk about that for a second? What, what was that like for you? You, I mean, did you see that coming at all, or was it completely blindsided?
1: No, that was that was a complete blindsided. So we had we had transitioned out of children's ministry, and I was leading a, a, a life group. We call that's it right, family that's life. That's Right. Um, and so, so I was, you had I was a weekly teaching slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was a consistent teaching spot, and it was, I think, uh, you know, being an engineer. Jeff was hoping to get somebody who was project manager minded mm-hmm. uh, because we had a ton of projects at the church that needed done physical projects on the property.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, uh, a lot of administrative and uh, organizing. Yeah. And so sounds. that part Even made discipleship. Sense. You wore that, you wore that hat for a while organizing. Yeah. That right. wasn't until later,
1: but yeah. I mean, okay. it, it's, uh, initially, honestly, I didn't see it. I didn't see it coming at all. <laughs> like one of the, <laughs> one of the things Jeff asked me early on, like, in the interview process, um, after I had started considering it was, you know, what, what training do you think you need or whatever? I was like, oh, public speaking. He's like, really? I was like, yeah, it scares me to death. I hate it. I want want nothing to do with going up on the big stage. Like I didn't even like teaching in front of the kids when I first started because there was other adults in the room. The kids didn't scare me. It's just, right, right. everybody else is going to find out what a phony I am (laughs) and it's just going to be bad, you know? And so it, it was, you know, some of that's selfish, it's insecurities, it's, it's whatever. But it, it, that, was a, that was a big concern of mine, uh, was just getting in front of people and, and preaching and, and, and all of that. And so I just remember my perspective of a pastor being that, that being more of a key part of it, as opposed to all that takes place behind the scenes, just ministering to people. Mm-hmm. Right, it was maybe just a little naive as as far as the scope of of other things that that are necessary to to do the the, the work of the ministry, basically. Mm-hmm. So that being my perspective, I, I absolutely did not see it coming. I didn't see that 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 would ever be uh, a thought in anybody anybody's mind. But being completely transparent i always thought god had something else i just didn't know what it was i just i assumed you know you know steve roth what a what a great guy Mm -hmm. he used to say man you're gonna make a good deacon someday (laughs) well i've never been a deacon so i i I, I missed my opportunity maybe i don't know but like (laughs) it was i just thought man yeah i won't I want to contribute to the church however God trains me and equips me mm-hmm. to do so. Yeah, whatever is yeah. needed, whatever needed, that's what I want to do and and that'll be better for everybody because
0: first you're your right. yeah, you're <laughs> feeling your role in the body. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 12. Yeah.
1: And so that's that's just what it always was and I just I never had an aspiration or a goal or anything to where I would have gone to Jeff and said, "Hey man, train me for this."
0: Sure, sure.
1: It was, it was just what my pastors were seeing in me. And praise and, God for
0: that, right? And
1: it matched the need and, and yeah, absolutely. Because
0: sometimes our pastors and our leadership see things in us that we don't see. Um, for good or for <laughs> so bad, bad, honestly, you know, positive <laughs> and negative. And, uh, you know, can, man, especially I know you weren't a younger guy, but when you are a younger guy, you got to trust your leadership that they are right. – you know, on behalf of God, the authorities in your life, and they are looking out for your best interest and they want to see you used for the sake Absolutely. of the body and for God. So, yeah, praise God that, that he saw those things. And and then you came on staff at FBC as a pastor. And uh, how long were you there before um, planting Northside?
1: Um, so I came on staff in 2014. Mm-hmm. And and then we left at the very beginning of 2021. Uh, six, I,
0: I... six, seven years, something like that. Awesome. Yeah, so and so what was, runner. yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean, I, I came on staff in 2015. So we were, we were together for yeah. several years. And, um, and then we, that whole time that, that I was on staff as a youth pastor, I was also going to Hungary like every year, once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And that was always something that was like a maybe in the future. And like, Jeff would right. talk to me occasionally, like, what are you thinking? And I had like real goals and plans for our youth department at FBC that needed, Work yeah. our, our youth department was uh, not in shambles when I came in, but it needed vision and it needed structure. And we yeah. moved buildings and, and yeah. So I was, I was a little bit of the, uh, not the cleanup guy. I was just the, what my role in the, in the youth department in my, t- my little bit of time at FBC was the, you know, come in and, and, and new vision, new building, new, you know, just a lot of new things that had to be set up so that the next guy could take them. And then, and then roll yeah. on forward. And, and it was a lot of fun foundation, but that whole yeah. time I'm thinking about, you know, what God had given me a burden years ago for missions and then potentially hungry. And, and so there came a time where it became evident that the, the youth department was ready and it didn't need me anymore. And mm-hmm. then, you know, Jeff's like, okay, well, what do you think? And so th- so it became very evident. It was always a background conversation for me. And that's how I was eventually sent out. But you, ag- again, different personality and, and not only personality, but God's just working in you the way that he worked with you. It was it was a gradual thing. And it was right. never, like you said, a, like a, a goal to be attained. But it, it seems like, I, I don't want to give you your own theme for your life, but the theme that I'm seeing is Go like, ahead what's the next step and just take the next step in your walk in your faith.
1: Yeah. Like my life's theme is probably like three feet ahead. <laughs> that's all the further I can see. I can see three feet ahead. Sure. Sure. And I know, I know what the next step is. A lot is, of people
0: so. can only see three feet ahead and then they, they still take the wrong step though. It's like, you know, True. you, got, God shows it to you. You got to take that step in order to get to the one after that, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's pretty consistent. So how,
0: how did that process go then whenever um, God was revealing that there was a work in Columbus and then – I mean the work revealed itself before God revealed who should go do it. I right. think that's interesting. So we
1: were, we, we were all going down as a church, uh, several of us pastors, uh, to take turns
0: mm-hmm.
1: leading a Bible study. And, and the Bible study kind of looked like a church service. We, we had some worship songs and we, we preached. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. more – or the study that there was, we a, there had was a handful of people there. Yeah. I
0: mean, more than a handful of people. Yeah. Sure and a good and honestly people.
1: it started with 45 people and it held consistent through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was maybe one week where there was, you know, low thirties, but it was, it was very consistent. And there was definitely an interest and a, a hunger and, and a lack of a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like much of my life and, and my, my family's life, um, that information didn't come along until it became obvious okay there's there's a group of people in need of a shepherd and there's no shepherd and we have you know Jeff and Troy would have said hey by the way you're the guy we're not going to make you go you need to figure out if god wants you to go but we don't have anybody else ready right now mm-hmm. kale's going overseas we think you're going to we think you're the guy and so this would have been very similar to jeff just asking me to come on staff it was a uh, I see something in your life that you clearly aren't seeing. <laughs> here's a need and here's what God's prepared you for. And yes, it's it's above your pay grade, but that's what God does. He's gonna bring you into something that mm. you're gonna you're gonna be required to lean on him and depend on him yeah. to do this, but you're not a novice to get started.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. And, and so, and that so was, obviously in both instances asked you, I mean, he wasn't telling you what to do. It's just like, right. Hey, this is what I'm seeing. And I think right. this is what the yeah. Lord is showing. So now you go right. pray. I mean, obviously you have to arrive at the same conviction and conclusion. Yes.
1: And so now I'm looking at new information to me and mm-hmm. presenting it to my wife and, and eventually the kids and we're praying about it. And, um, and you know, God used my wife and kids to con- to confirm that. Uh, in a lot of ways, but, uh, it was, it was cool to, to work through it together. And again, we're just looking at new information and assessing what is there. And then it was, it was interesting because it was kind of one message that I shared. And I think I shared this on theology roundtable. It was just, as I'm preaching to the folks in Columbus in the middle of the message, man, I almost broke down because I was, it it, it was obvious that I was done leading the college ministry in New mm-hmm. Philly, if nothing else. It's like hard, God God revealed, "Hey, by the way, I'm done with you there. I don't yeah. need you there." And so as on the car ride back, I'm talking to Troy, I'm like, "Hey man, if I don't do the well anymore, what do I do?" And we're just kind of talking through it, and I said, "Don't, you know, i not tell anybody, but I, I think the Brockers are heading to Columbus, you know." <laughs> I think that was the statement. But I got to figure that this cool out. Though? It's but like, I think God made it obvious in the He midst, showed you right that the you fulfilled
0: You fulfilled what he asked you to do. You fulfilled, you know, take heed that you fulfilled the ministry. uh, Yeah. And uh, it's just because it was similar for me, man. I I knew he gave me the the vision or the burden for hungry a while ago, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. I was ready until he revealed to me they don't need you anymore here. And you you fulfilled what you're, and that's hard. That's hard to swallow because you, that's the point. That's the way you start out is like, Let's make this and train men so that they don't need me someday. But then when that day comes, you're like, ah, man, that's still because it's been your baby for the last however many years, you know, and uh, and and change, especially for my engineering minded friends, isn't always easy. It's it's not easy for anyone. Um, And it can be scary. Yeah, so yeah, it it was it was a good time. And it's very
1: similar to the point I was making, you know, in reference to Mark chapter four, Hmm. When God speaks to you and says, hey, man, quit worrying about this thing, or he makes a change and say, hey, you're done with this thing. In, in one aspect, it's convicting or it's, it's sad, it's difficult. But on the other hand, man, what a burden he lifted off my shoulders to say, hey, it's, it's okay. Don't be in such a rush on this thing. Just do what you're supposed to do. I, I'm working on something else. And
2: that
1: was a, that was a cool thing too. You know, okay, you're done here, but I've got a, I've got a plan for you still. Mm -hmm. You're not being removed because of failure.
0: Yeah. Right. I'm not done. (laughs) Actually, I have another
1: guy for that now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and we don't have to replace you because you messed up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: We have to replace you because you're done. You have to move elsewhere.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and, and if you don't get out of the way, then this guy can't do what I want him to do.
0: And And that, that is another great byproduct of sending guys out to do other works is that it creates a vacuum for other men and and women to step up into roles that are now vacant. And maybe in some cases they wouldn't have gotten that opportunity had you not left. And so that's, I think that's also part of God's plan too, for, you know, making every member in the body of Christ, a a servant and, and not just a pew sitter.
1: Sure. Yeah. So it, it's been interesting just the way that that has developed. And that, again, I don't know if that's tied to the engineering mind or, <laughs> or God knows that that's the only thing I can hear yeah. Praise <laughs> <the> Lord, <man. laughs> if he packages it a
0: certain way. So you guys, that that, that you know, you eventually, you know, you pray in a long time, you agree with God, the family agrees and, um, yeah. and, and you're packing up and you're going to go right after Christmas uh, 2020 yeah. to move down to Columbus. I don't,
1: I don't recommend that either, but
0: that yeah, I don't remember actually. Yeah. I, I also don't recommend leaving home in December of 2020. So don't yeah. do that. If you're listening, <laughs> I, I guess you can't do that. So um, that's not easy, but but here's, I want to talk about this a little bit. I'd love to compare and contrast our story. So we both left at the same time to do uh church planting works, but completely different contexts. I was going, mm-hmm. you know, however far away to europe to hungary you were going a couple hours away by car down the down the highway to columbus um both yeah. of us leaving a very small town midwestern town that i love by the way i still love i'm not the guy yeah. who i'm not the college kid who was dying to leave the small town and go to like i love new philadelphia still do right. but we both left a small town where we were comfortable and went to big cities Um, completely different cultures, completely different contexts than what we're used to. And then I I would love to talk to you. We've talked about this in private before because I knew it was going to be hard to leave. I grew up at that church since I was born 30 years. Family was in the same in New Philly, but, but my church was my family. And so I knew leaving was going to be hard. Going to Hungary was going to be difficult and it was still difficult and more hard, even though I knew it was going to be, you know? But, but I think for you guys, it, you, if you don't mind talking about this a little bit, just because I think it's interesting, is that that kind of blindsided you a little bit because you're like, well, we're not going that far away.
2: Yeah.
1: It was it was uh, a, a little bit mixed up also because of COVID and, and like, mm-hmm. our kids were leaving a school where they were in person. And you had older kids day.
0: as well, yeah, I, which we yeah, didn't. So,
1: so the factors are... You know, I, I don't know that I can necessarily. Here, here we go again. I don't know that I can pinpoint exactly what all was going on. There was a lot of things playing into the struggle. Um, some of it was the COVID. We came down here, and they were in uh, or on Zoom every class all day, every day. Like they yeah, never yeah. went in person uh, until the school year was almost up. And then when it was up, uh, towards the end, they were coming. They were going to class twice a week, but they weren't allowed to be. Within six feet of anybody, so they Big couldn't city interact.
2: Up, yeah, yeah, it was
1: it was <laughs> insane. But it was they just they really struggled. Mm. Um, and we thought, you know, we're just two hours down the road. We'll go back. We'll visit. We'll whatever. And and it just it didn't pan out that way. Mm. And and it wasn't it wasn't as easy. Um, and it actually somewhere along the line we realized it, it actually probably wasn't good to go back a lot. Sure. There was, there needed to be a corporation at some point because Columbus is home. Mm -hmm. New Philly's not home anymore. Now, now look, same, same as you. I love New Philly. It's a great place. I would, I would probably go back if, if, you know, this, if this wasn't of the Lord and it was Mm -hmm. just my business decision, we'd probably go back. Right. (laughs) Sure. Sure. It's not the big city small town thing for me. I don't even like to leave my living room. So I just <laughs> like what and, and, and the same, whatever. But Columbus is home
2: mm-hmm.
1: and the people here are our, this is our field. This is our mission yeah. field. This is where we belong. You bought that It even feel, it feels like that. Now we go to New Philly now to visit family. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's a two hour drive home, but it's so good to be home. Mm-hmm. It's so good to be in my living room, go yeah. to bed in my bed, be with my family. Our neighbors, our church body. Like I'm, we went to FBC not too long ago. Uh, I think it might have been Easter.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I was like, this is cool. I I love being back and visiting. But I'm thinking about Northside, and I'm thinking about our body, and I'm thinking about what do we need, and and you know, so and so is going through this hardship, and and so it's been good. And and I think that was a necessary reality to to come to was we we have to relocate, uh, emotionally.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously.
1: Uh, and, and, and part of the, part of, I think what helped and, and continues to help is just reminding my kids that I didn't get sent to Columbus and they had to go. You know, I've, I've had people tell me that, you know, your poor kids, they got drug along. Yeah. In, in some aspects, they didn't have a choice. Um, but it's because we, as a family, if God presents us with something, we're going to do what God wants yeah. us to do and so right. it's not just me though and there we've had this discussion just recently Lila had uh, some friends she got to take to, you know, to go to camp with her phenomenal opportunity as Lila there's no way that me being sent down here could meet your friends mm-hmm. and then interact with their families and have gospel opportunities with the families in Columbus God sent the Brockers yeah,
2: yeah.
1: As, a, as a unit. We're, we're a family. You know, I have a specific role in the church, but we have a role in this field. You know? mm-hmm. So it, it's been helpful to really just kind of buy that completely and not
2: mm-hmm. look
1: back to what we left behind and what, you know, some of the, the girls that they go back and some of the relationships are different now. Mm-hmm. Lila's very personable and outgoing and and her interactions going back and interacting with some of her friends there, they're different. Sure. They're not bad. They're just not the same. Yeah. And so she, if we would have kept going back and going back and going back, she never would have been able to detach, Mm. never would have been able to buy into, and and it's still a struggle. It's, it's not, it's not like, uh, you know, we've arrived and we've got it all figured out. It's, it's kind of a daily.
2: Yeah. Weekly.
1: Uh, evaluation of, of where we are and what God's trying to show us and what opportunities we have that we're looking at maybe selfishly and can, can readjust. And and mm-hmm. that's just, that's just all of us.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: was it, was it weird? I don't know how early on because you, you were just a couple hours away, how early on you went back for the first time um, to see family or, or j- just be at the church service even. Um, but like, we're coming up on, going to be our f- first time uh oh, yeah. going back to the states uh, you know in almost 2 years since we left and i'm a little nervous man i like honestly and i <laughs> yeah, i can't explain to true. people why fully like <clears throat> i and i think the only reason i can like grasp in my head is because i know that my church isn't the same and that's good that's for the better
2: like, i'm not saying yeah. it's
0: bad i know that <laughs> the town isn't even going to be the same and i know that we're not the same we're not the same people god's changed us and he's made us he's prepared us for this and it it just makes me nervous because part of me just wants to slide in on a Sunday morning, right? Like we used to back in the day and even before deputation and all that and just be, and it's just, it's just not that anymore. You know, it's, um, I think it makes me nervous, but I think it'll be good to see everybody as well. Did, did you feel that at any point your first time or just, you know, down the road where you're like, yeah, I may, maybe not nervous, but it's like, no, it's, we're not, a part of this anymore. We were sent out, and
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I can, I can relate. I'll, I'll prepare you. There's a new hotel by the river going up. What? Like when uh, you're coming yeah. down the highway? Yeah, just getting off of you the. just build new buildings. Come on. Exchange. Yeah, it, it's Isn't weird. there
0: like a new coffee shop too? It's not only Starbucks or some there other. There
1: is. There is another one uh, up the road. Dang. Anyways, it it's not a whole lot different though. They still <laughs> move. New Philly changes like, they slowly. They'll move yeah, really yeah, slow right. through the traffic. Mix. Like it. <laughs> You know, being in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, I, my dad said they got a hard. Get off the highway, though, and so this that's kind of
0: cool. Got a lot cheap tools, yeah. anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So it it uh, I don't know that there was a a big one. I mean, it's, it's that one's quite different because we've been back a number of times. We haven't been to many services just because mm-hmm. you know we have Sunday service and
0: right, right, uh, of course.
1: I have to get back, and and we we have church as well. But there's been a few. I think the the most recent being Easter, and it was good, but it was it was there were some weird things. Um, it's always fun to see everybody that you, that you love. There's new faces, and people will introduce themselves, and you're like, "Oh, hey, I'm 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 nobody."
0: Yeah, you know? <laughs> hey, I've been and, here forever. It's like I don't know you. Like, oh, wow, okay. like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh,
1: <clears throat> I think the 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 strange some of the stranger things. Like we we walked in and. There was seats open in the middle. I was like, I've never sat here before in my life.
0: <laughs> this, right. this, I know where I normally this, sit. This is
1: what the service sounds like from this spot. You know, it was just weird <laughs> things like that. But it was never I was never really nervous. But again, we've we've been back for events, we've been back sure, and seen sure. family. So it's it's been it
0: wasn't as long as a, a yeah. of a breakaway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So our tearing off of the band aid was much slower. Sure. <laughs> And you kind of had to just tear it off and say, oh, yeah. we're not going back. So well, well, and even like,
0: over. I've had this weird conversation with Brooke before. I was like, listen, if we would have, maybe the, op- if the opportunity would have presented itself or maybe if we would have had to, cause I know guys who would have stayed on the field longer before their first trip mm-hmm. back, but couldn't, you know, like they, they had to go back visa stuff right. or what at legal stuff. Um, and I'm like, if, would you have even been ready? Would you have wanted to? And we were both kind of like, nah, I don't think I would have been ready. Like we've needed this time to fully You know, Mm -hmm. cut the cord and separate ourselves. And now as we're thinking about and preparing for that that first trip back, that's not set in stone quite yet, at least at the recording of this. um, It's it's like, okay, this is home. And now we're starting to think about the difficulties of visiting America. Like we're excited, of course, but like, man, we got to pack up all our stuff. Judah's not (laughs) going to have any toys. All of his friends are here. It, you know, you start thinking about that stuff. Our, you know, disciples yeah. and friends here are like, well, man, how long are you going to be gone? You're coming back, right? And so it's like, yeah. but we needed to get to that point sure. before it was time for us to to go back and visit.
1: But, yeah, I think my kids being a, a little bit older, it's been nice to have the distance only two hours, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's far enough that it's not easy to go back.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But... but you know, we still have connections with family. We've we've had people come down and visit us, and that's been nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we've gone to the zoo with some, like we've had a nice zoo here, and that kind of stuff is fun. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a reason for people to come to to Columbus, not just us.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No so they come down. and say, "Hey, where are the Brockers? You know, yeah, that's if we cool. Don't have time, it's
1: nice, but it's cool. It's it's you know that stuff's kind of few and far between, but it, mm-hmm. it's been nice. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's been interesting to watch that transition and have to let go Mm -hmm. at a different pace than you guys have. Um, You know, I think when you guys went, it was almost the mindset of, okay, well, the world's really stupid and upside down now, so we may never see Kayle and Brooke. Yeah, yeah, right. Other than via technology again. Sure, who knows? That was my, like, I'm praying for you guys thinking, holy cow, we just... We just reverted back, you know, 100 years in time as missions go
0: and right with COVID. We sent them off and they're not coming They might back. not come back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it so was it was we felt a different
1: good. mindset. Yeah. And we were just down the road. And it was it's just, you know, sure. now now the gas is 5 dollars a gallon. <laughs> you may never go back. When I come back, we may <laughs> yeah. never see New Philly again. Right, but, right. They're gonna have to take uh, up
0: a love offering to bring you home, like when they buy missionary plane tickets. You know, <laughs>
1: it's just crazy. Yeah, so oh, man, that's that's kind of it. It
0: is interesting
1: how things are the same, but they're very different for mm-hmm. each of us. Um, yeah, it
0: it is weird how there's a lot of similarities. Of course differences cause it's, it's obvious, but, but a lot of similarities too. So it's actually been good to be able to keep up with you and talk with you every couple months and see how each other's doing. Um, yeah, Hey, let's definitely. do this, man. As we wrap up, I, uh, you know, I was thinking about talking more about like church planting in general in this one, but I, I, I actually, I really like how this conversation is went rather than just a how to manual because there is no how to manual of church planting. We know what God says. And so we, we know that planting a church uh, you you need disciples. You need people who get saved, and you need disciples. And there are easy ways, easier easier ways. There are harder ways, and it all depends on where you go and the culture. And it, there isn't a how to manual other than the Bible because there's so many variables. So it's like you know we could say I, I think you sharing your story is just a great like this is what God's doing in my life. But considering your story is so much different than than mine it, in regards to. God revealing to you what he wanted you to do. Um, I'd love for you to spend the last couple of minutes just talking to people who are who are in the same boat. Like, I feel like there's, God wants me to do more, but I, I don't have, a, like, he hasn't given me a vision of 10 years in the future, a burden. Uh, I just, what should they, you know, how do they just continue to take the next step and then by faith, do whatever God asked them to do, because that seems to be the pattern in your life, and that's what you did, and yeah. that's how you're at where you are now.
1: Yeah, I I love the way that Troy generally puts this. I think Troy and I have a lot of similarities in our path and opportunities and, and things that have come along. He's a secret Troy, engineer,
0: isn't he? He was an Troy, can, Yeah, he's, <laughs>
1: he's sharp. Uh, he really is. He he says. Man, I always want to put myself in a position to where I can say yes to God.
2: Mm.
1: Meaning if there's if there's classes I can take and there's an opportunity on the other side of that class, well, I have to take the class first so that God can ask me the question mm. to use what he's invested in me. Or my leadership has invested in me to do the ministry work that's needed on the other side of it. So if he says, "Hey, can you go here?" and I say, "What? No, I can't. I'm not. I'm not trained for any of those things." My leadership agrees. I'm not ready. (laughs) So, or you know, another aspect of that would be um, God wants me to do this, but I can't because there are massive financial burdens in my life. Sure. Super practical. Yeah, yeah. Because there's sin in my life, Mm -hmm. and I. God's not even going to ask because whatever, you know. So there's some very practical uh, things there. But, but I would say just, just look for what God has provided you in some sort of path for growth at your church. Is there training and serving opportunities? Mm-hmm. Go, go do them. Yeah. Like get involved. And when you're in being – when you're serving – you are know, you're, you're learning at that point too. Mm-hmm. If you're being trained, you're being trained to use that to, to minister to people. And so if you're not ministering to people, well, it it's all just going to end up making you prideful somewhere.
2: Mm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's, amen. It's,
1: yeah. you know, being spiritually fat. If you're always consuming food physically, you just get bigger. Yeah. If you're not exercising to use it.
2: Don't be
0: fat well, that's
1: just, spiritually.
0: Don't, don't, don't be, be
1: spiritual fathead, lazy, head, right? Easy fatty, it, yeah. It's, it's just going to be, uh, the necessary things. So that's that's kind of been, in a nutshell, that's been my experience is if there's an opportunity to learn, go learn. If there's an opportunity to serve, go serve, mm. because that's what you're there for. <laughs> that's why yeah. you're part of yeah.
2: the body. Yeah.
1: And so if you just keep doing that over and over and over, well, you're going to learn new things mm. and you're going to serve more. And somebody above you in leadership is going to notice and say, man, I just need somebody consistent and faithful in this role. Amen. Amen. That's the guy he shows up. He doesn't know anything. He's faithful and he's available. I can use that. That's what God says. Anyway, I can, I can use that. I can equip him. (laughs) Absolutely. And so one of the, maybe this has been coming up a lot in conversations with different guys at the church is there are a whole lot less leaps of faith in the, the Christian walk. What, your Christian walk should look like is consistent little steps of faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Just keep doing the little things that God's already made clear that you should be doing and do it wherever he asks you to do them. And if you just keep doing that, then he'll bring something along and say, Hey, you know, you've been faithful with little, the principle is all through. Scripture. Now here's a big leap of faith, but it's
0: because you've been doing these little, here's a big step. Yeah. And because I've proven myself
1: as you've proven yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, I won't let you down in this leap of faith. Yeah. But I I needed you to do all of these things first. Mm -hmm. I needed you to prove that you didn't have to be the man. I needed you to prove that you would show up even when it wasn't fun, Mm -hmm. when no one said, thank you. Submit to authority.
0: Yeah.
1: Just do what needs done because it needs done because the body of Christ is worth it because Christ is worth it. Amen. And then he'll give you opportunities of growth, and, and and then you don't have to worry about telling your pastor, "Hey, man, I'm awesome." Right. You really <laughs> should use me.
0: Well, it would be weird if God, yeah. which you know, if if God called you to a big leap of faith and you've never really ever done any little, like you haven't consistently right. done anything, and you're like, "And God's calling me to to move to China or something?" Like, really? What what have right. what have you done? in following him every day consistently leading up to this point. That seems strange. God doesn't typically work like
1: that. Which is cool. And it brings it, I think that brings it back to how, you know, we can be so different in personality and we can be so different in, you know, we kind of got on the same path for growth at the Mm -hmm. same church at about the same time under the same leadership. Right, right. And God's speaking and moving and doing things very differently with each of us You did, you know, kind of say, "Hey, that's the thing I want to do." Your Mm -hmm. leadership said, "Okay, he's not ready. I'll get him ready." Right, right. And and I'm just saying, well, I want to be ready for what I don't know, whatever God wants. Yeah, and that's the interesting—the differences in personalities and
0: yeah, Yeah, my leader. And and I was younger, so I needed I needed restrained, I needed uh, tempered, and and I needed patience and all of that stuff. You were a little bit older, and so it was like you. Well, in personality, we already talked about that. You didn't necessarily have a goal. You just wanted to be made ready. And so, like, neither of those personalities are wrong as long as one takes the step of faith when God presents it and the other submits to authority when they restrain him and say, you're not ready. You know, it's like as long as right. both are trusting God in their leadership, then it's like neither one of those is wrong. Um, but yeah. do you think that – do you think that – um you know, in taking that next step of faith and just doing what God has asked you to do, saying yes to God, all of those things that we talked about, is it's really important to focus on where you're at. So I know with my personality, yeah. it's, sometimes it would be like, OK, I'm here now, but I can't wait to get over there. And sometimes yeah. that's a younger guy thing too, because you're thinking about where you want to be. Maybe for you, it was a little bit easier, but how important is it to be like, no, wherever God has you, when you say yes to God, focus on actually doing a good job of, w- of where he puts you because he's also, he, he's training you, of course, and he's equipping you for that next thing, but he's also using you to do something he needs you to do. Right. E-
1: each one has eternal value. And, and if, if he's equipping you to do the next thing and you don't do the current thing well, <laughs> I guess, I mean, the question is, are you actually going to be ready? Have you yeah, actually proven yeah. faithfulness? You know, maybe that's just a very simplistic way of looking at it. But again, that's how my brain works. It, <laughs> it, it doesn't do you any good to always be looking forward to that next thing
2: yeah.
1: if the current thing's not done well, mm. if there's not consistent faithfulness in that current thing. Uh, one of the things that keeps coming up as far as like the patience of, you know, waiting for the next thing and when it's time. And and um, in studying the gospel of Mark, Mark tells the story much quicker than everybody else. There's some really long chapters. Mark skips over the, the uh, you know, the Christmas story. There's <laughs> right, none of right. that kind of stuff. He, gets he right just down to jumps business. right in and is like you know we're doing stuff we're calling disciples we're doing miracles we're going for it you know the there's uh, a lot of words in there that are used like immediately this thing happened and you know all <laughs> everything just kind of seems yeah. to be rushed but the the one the one person who's never in a rush is christ
2: hmm.
1: like he's just never in a hurry yeah and yet you know i've heard it said this way he's he's never in a hurry but he's always in time he's always right on he's time. always on time right, on. right? And, and then you get to, if you look at John 17, he he got the work done.
2: Yeah.
1: He, he was never he in a hurry and he, and he finished the work before he went to the cross. Yeah. Like he was done. <laughs> it, and So it's just, that's been very reassuring to me lately in just some of my, you know, I, I am impatient in some ways. There are some things that I struggle with that way. And that's been kind of the reassurance that, okay, show up and do what I have you to do today. hmm and if you run out of time, then work on it tomorrow. And yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you can you can kill yourself for the ministry and work all the hours, mm-hmm. and your family never have any time with you, and all of these other things that that can go sideways. Because there's just never going to run out of you're, you're never going to run out of things to do and people to help.
2: Yeah, right. Um,
1: but it Jesus, he he finished the whole work. We we would maybe in our human understanding, look at Judas and Peter and some of the things and say, well, you know, maybe he could have put in a little bit more time. Maybe he <laughs> was, you know, but he's using me.
2: Yeah. And I finished
1: not a And, and so it's, that's, that's just been a theme that's coming up a lot recently is just that patience of mm-hmm. just keep at it. Yeah. And when, when you're done with that thing, he'll let you know mm. <laughs> you're done with that yeah, thing. Yeah. And, and because in, in some ways, my wife and I had a discussion. There was, there was something that came up uh, that we saw, we saw quite some time ago. And we we're like, I, I think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> and I won't go into detail what it was. We, we both saw it. We both knew it was going to be a problem. <laughs> and I did not address it at that time because I had a full plate and, and whatever. <laughs> and, and so it, it has finally come around and it surfaced. And my wife said, uh, do you think... Do you think we could have avoided that if we would have dealt with it when we saw it? And I was like, man, that's a fantastic question. Because I'm all about avoiding problems. Sure, sure. (laughs) Um, But as I'm like thinking about it and praying about it and and just, you know, general study, working through things, God just kind of reassured me that there was not vision in place uh, tied to this specific struggle. Mm -hmm. And there was not clarity for me. I wouldn't even have known how to address it. I would have come across legalistic. Gotcha. But now we as a, a church have vision and mm-hmm. direction applied directly to this topic. Sure. And that vision and direction is, is coming straight from scripture. This is what God's telling us to do, how he's telling us to do it. And Now that we have this thing to address, yes, it's an issue. It's always been an issue. But now is the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Now is the time to deal with it, if, yeah. if that makes sense. And it was maybe yeah, hard not to know that's what the that's, topic is. But good. I don't
0: wanna alienate anyone and Yeah, know, no, no, it. no. Well I like I like that you said um worry about doing today what God asked you to do today. I can relate to that because when we first got to the field in that first year it was super slow. This year has sped mm-hmm. up much more. Uh COVID surprise went completely away once a war started. That's neither here nor there. But we're <laughs> we're finally outside of the major restrictions and like and uh it's just a lot of doors opened up in January of this year. And uh, so doing, a, I'm busy with a lot more ministry than I was the first year. The first year was mostly language study and it was a lot <laughs> of slow days and gr- just grinding. And, uh, me thinking about what could I do to get something started? Just cause I'm like, this ain't going fast enough for me. Okay. Uh, and so, but eventually I kind of just, and I'm sure somebody talked to me and it was encouraging me through it. but, it's kind of this idea that, you know, we were all thinking that the rapture could happen any day and it still can, it still can. But when COVID was hitting really hard, it's like, dang, man, maybe, right. <laughs> maybe it's this year or next year. And so it's like, it still could be this year or next. Well, it's June now. It's probably we're not getting this close. year. We're getting um, close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be next year. I'm not saying it's not, but when you're in that time when you're really thinking that it could be now and you're like, but there's so much that I need to do for the Lord. It's like really all you can do. I started thinking, well, what if God did come back while I was still learning the language before I ever planted a church, maybe before I even, you know, discipled anyone over here? Is that my fault? Like if I was just, (laughs) if I just focused on doing what God asked me to do today and when I went to bed and I assessed the day and be like, did I do what God asked me to do today? And the answer was yes. Well, then praise God. And then you go to sleep and then you wake up the next day with the same perspective. And it doesn't matter what the results were if I every day just focused on doing what God asked me to do today. And I think that's where a guy like with my personality, who's always focused on the big picture and maybe the vision casting side is you got to zoom in a little bit and just focus on it. It helps manage it and it helps manage stress and anxiety a little bit. And the burden, if you're just like, what does God ask me to do today? And it's like, well, for the first year, it was seek seeking men and, and learn the language. And I'm not fluent, but that's what I did every day. And, and like sometimes there was a Bible study. Sometimes there was an opportunity to share the gospel. Most of the time I was sending a text message and then a bunch of hours of grammar study. And it wasn't fun, yeah. but it's what God asked me to do that day and for that whole year. You know, so it's like I, I can totally relate to that because I, I think regardless of where you're at in your walk with God or where, where you're at in your training, it's just focusing. What's what's your next step? And just focus on that and where you're at today, right? And then right. God, leave the rest to God. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's, that's all very, it, it's very much rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> the, the big picture is critically important because you got to know where you're going. Sure. Uh, but if, if you hadn't put in a year of language study, and you have an opportunity with someone on the street. What do you do?
0: Exactly, exactly. If they don't speak like English,
1: God I mean, has to. He, yeah. He's building a platform. He's building the foundation. He's setting things up with something stable tied to His, you know, Word and and all of those things that He's built with you in New Philly. Yeah. And now there's some other things that are communication platform. Sure,
2: sure.
1: <laughs> Got to have a, a platform one. to stand on.
0: And and it always goes. It, it also goes back to. We're building men. We're not right. building when we're building churches. Let's define church biblically. We're we're building men, people, okay, Absolutely. men and women. We're we're not building physical buildings. Those are important tools, and there is a time for that. And you've even talked about how you've wrestled with the timetable of that, and it's still something your church needs at, at some point. Yeah. Uh, but we're building men, and that's what ministry is. That is the foundation. That that is well. I mean, Christ is the foundation, of course. But like, we're we're building a church that is consists of men. And so that just takes time. You can't, if you expedite that, it will be done poorly and it, and you will see the quality. We're looking at quality over quantity here, at at least when it comes to building the church, if we're just talking strictly evangelism, of course we want more people to get saved, but we're talking about church planning in any culture or or country. You got to focus on the men and that just takes time.
1: Right. Yeah. So the, to, to remove the glamor from the, the position <laughs> of the pastor. Sure. Uh, my, and this is anywhere, anywhere in the world, whatever, whatever field.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My role as the, the pastor at Northside is to make sure that we know how to evangelize and that we are evangelizing and that mm-hmm. we know how to disciple and that we are discipling. That's, that's 2022. Yeah. And should the Lord Terry, that's 2023. And that's 2024. <laughs> yeah. And that, like yeah. we're just going to cycle those two things until we get it. And when we finally get it, we're gonna keep cycling those two things. Yep. Like there's nothing else beyond that for the, the foundation of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not it's not all that exciting, maybe to some, but if other people start to get that vision and they start to understand those things, and it's not just me saying it, and then then we start to really do what we we're supposed to do yeah, all along, for sure. But for now, you know, to get started, you just got
0: to keep talking about the same thing. Yeah, again. well, and yeah. you have to, and it's kind of funny. I don't mean to keep beating the 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 building analogy, but I think it's the best analogy because God one. uses it. In Ephesians, yeah. I mean, He uses it everywhere. First Corinthians twelve. When if you look at the guys who are in construction businesses, the guys who build foundations and dig footers and pour concrete they're they're yeah. dude, they are, I don't want to call them grunts. Cause not all of them are, but they're, they are the laborers, the hard workers, and they don't have the sexy job. You know, sometimes <laughs> right. it's like people, they love looking at renovation things on Pinterest or whatever. And like, Ooh, look at this, you know, the inside, the cosmetic stuff. And it's like, right. you, you can't do the cosmetic stuff, the, the fun stuff, the picking paint colors. If you didn't right. pour those footers right, and if you didn't dig those footers right, and, and so if we're, t- you know, pulling the metaphor here, like, sometimes the guys who God calls to do, like, church planting work that's, like, pioneering, we could call it, and sometimes we're just, like, you know, we're just those footer guys, man. We're we're out there doing the the dirty work and tilling the soil, um, and some people are, like, well, can't we just skip to the fun part? Can't we just start picking out paint? Like, no, we can't <laughs> pick out paint. We haven't even laid the foundation yet. And uh, Right. But if you get everybody on the same vision and you and you get that foundation laid, eventually you you do get to that part and that is
1: fun. Right. Absolutely. Somebody's gotta lay the plumbing,
0: right? Yeah, man. Someone's gotta plumb you gotta be able to
1: bring the water in, but you also have to carry the waste out. <laughs> That's a good word. That's not glamorous stuff,
0: but yeah, man. But well, hey man, this is this has been good. We've went a little long, but I but I like it. Thanks for the conversation. Do you have anything incredibly inspiring to leave us with? I think the whole uh, thing has been you're... inspiring, but give us a <laughs> one line. Give us your best one liner that, that I'm going to um, write yeah. in my Bible.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm, I'm really good at that. I always steal uh, Kenny Morgan's, you don't get the product without the process. Mm. That's a I good think one. that, one's, that one's one that I go back to continually when um, I'm needing to be patient and mm. uh, when somebody I'm leading needs to be patient. <laughs> and I'm, I don't need to allow them to get me in a hurry for yeah. whatever they're being impatient about, so – I'll just steal, steal Kenny's line. I think (laughs) think you can't go wrong with that one. There
0: you go. That's good stuff, man. Thanks again, dude. I appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for having me. Well, there you go, guys. Season finale. Hope you liked season three. I I thought Matt would be a perfect interview for the last one because uh, we go way back and, uh, We're doing similar things yet also not so similar things. And so I I hope you took some stuff away, not even just about like stateside church planning. I think there was a lot of good stuff in there about that, too, but specifically about Matt's story and um, how you can make sure that you're lining yourself up to take the next step. I like the, the quote he shared from Troy is I, I always want to make sure that I'm lining myself up so that I can say yes to God. And practically, what does that mean? Taking classes, getting out of debt, renting a house instead of owning. I don't know. Everybody's different. What does that mean? What do you, how do you, how do you need to align your life so you can say yes to God? But I also kind of want to leave you with this question at the end of this episode, at the end of this season, whatever you think God might have you to do, international missions, ministry, being a pastor, Maybe you don't know, but you just want God to use you. You want to be used by God. Okay, what do you need to do today to prepare for that? That's the question that you should be asking yourself. In other words, what is the next step that I need to take today? Have I been complacent in my faith? Have I been stagnant? Have I been not seeking to grow? Um, Or maybe... I have been doing all that. Maybe you have been doing everything you're supposed to do. What's your next step? Um, If we're always seeking to just take the next step in our faith, and we don't always need to be worrying so much about what God's going to do in 10 years, if we're just seeking to take the next step, and then what what Matt shared is so perfect. If you just always consistently take the next little step, eventually God will ask you to take a big step, and it won't be that bad. But then you'll look back and be like, whoa, look how far— we've come. Life is a series of small steps of faith, trusting God. And if you do that for the consistency of your life, there'll be a few big steps that he asks you to take occasionally. And you'll already have built up this history of trusting God. And so it will still be hard, but it won't be as hard because you know that God will come through. So what's your next step in trusting God? Do you want to be a foreign missionary? Do you want to be a pastor? Do you just simply want to be used by God in whatever way, whatever capacity he sees fit? What's your next step? What do you need to do? How do you need to align your life so that you can always say yes to God so that he can use you and so that you can be a vessel of honor used by the king to do his work? I hope you guys enjoyed this episode in the season of Missionary Roundtable. Hopefully... We'll be able to do the same thing again next summer, God willing. But for now, thank you guys so much for consistently listening every week. If you haven't heard them all, go back and listen to the other seasons. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend, share it on social media or something. Hopefully we can uh, help some people out and we can all learn some stuff about how to be better ministers of the gospel together. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share us on social media. Also, please make sure to check out our other podcast, Theology Roundtable, at theologyroundtable.com.